People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. This is Fine Music Radio and Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note. Well, as you know now, the big Christmas show here at the Artscape Opera House is the Rocky Horror Show. And since it first opened in London in June, way back in 1973, at the Royal Court Theatre upstairs, Richard O'Brien's The Rocky Horror Show has become the world's favourite rock and roll musical, having been performed worldwide for 45 years in more than 30 countries and translated into over 20 languages. This particular production is being directed by... Chris Luscombe, who for the last something like 13 years has been producing his version of the show. I say his version, but it certainly has Richard O'Brien's stamp of approval. And in the iconic role of Frankenfurter is Craig Urbani, whom we remember so well from his stunning debut, really, as uh, Buddy Holly, and then went on. His career was propelled from there. But before that, he actually did play in the Rocky Horror Show as Rocky the young muscle man. So, Craig, welcome. It's great to have you here. And what a role you've now got. Absolutely. Thank you. Nice to be here again. Uh, yes, I've gone from the created to the creator. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my first professional role was, was Rocky, um, which was in 1992. It was a Colin Law production, and we, and, and we rehearsed in Johannesburg and actually opened at, uh, at the theatre in, in, in The self-same theatre. The very, the, the very same theatre. So it's, uh, it's gone full circle, and uh, it's a dream role, something that I've been doing in my, in my head for, <laughs> for many, many years. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm still pinching myself every now and then in the rehearsal room that I'm actually doing it. We're actually rehearsing it. But Craig, I want to just say as well, you've also done Brad, haven't you? So this is your yeah. third role in the Rocky Horror Show. Third visit to the show. Um, Brad was, was a brief run in, at the Elizabeth Snedden in, in, in Durban, which was fantastic. I loved Brad. Originally when I auditioned, it was, I, was, I was hoping to get Brad. But then uh, they, they didn't think I had the voice in those days or the acting chops. I was, I was new. And so they made me bleach my hair and, and go to the gym. <laughs> and wear gold underpants. And wear gold, uh, gold <laughs> underpants. But it was great. And then I did get a shot at Brad. And that, that was sort of 93, 94, I think, just, just before Buddy. Um, just before Buddy uh, sort of started in, in South Africa for me. And then uh, and, and now revisiting the show and, and the main role. In a time. dream role. As I, say, I want to ask you all about your dream role. But first of all, just touching on Buddy for a moment since we mentioned it. That was an amazing, as I said, propelled you, didn't it? It was... And you did the run overseas and all sorts of things, didn't you? It was extraordinary. I mean, I was reaching the end of uh, of the Rocky Horror Show. I still had the bleached white hair when I went into audition. For it, I mean, we still had packed then. We still had the Performing Arts Council, and it was, I think, one of the last big productions um, they did. And I went in, and I, I sort of had a uh, sort of little limited knowledge of the guitar, and I played uh, I played a few chords. And on the way to the audition, phoned my dad, who's a musician, and I said to him, "What did Buddy?" do and he sort of told me that'll be the day oh boy he was giving me the chords over the <laughs> uh, over on on my phone early cell phones that they, only just yeah. come out and uh and, and and then i went in and i know that um the directors and the producers were concerned because i was so young and and and, and sort of new so i shared the role 
um, we, we always had two buddies um, here in South Africa. And then eventually, uh, unbeknownst to me, they were sort of grooming me and, and checking me out to go to London. And I and they, Paul Elliott, the producer, came and saw me at the State Theatre in Pretoria and offered me the part in London. So. Was it a part that you loved? It must. So, I hope you're going to say yes. Oh, I mean, it was tr- it was tremendous. And uh, and what was so wonderful is is I had no idea what I had, what mm-hmm. what I was doing, or what I had, or or that this was going to be something so special because it did turn out to be an incredible experience. Not not even a show. It was such an experience, a life altering experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I remember going out of the 28th of November, it's my mother's birthday, the first time we previewed, and I had no idea. I was still joining the dots and going from one moment to the next moment, and the next thing I felt this wave of energy and love and power from the audience and I thought goodness what's happening here (laughs) something tremendous was happening and it it kind of happened like that for most of our run certainly in South Africa every night was like an event Mm -hmm. and I've done the part here in in England Australia um, New Zealand Denmark Spain good grief uh, Singapore Um, so uh, yeah did you tire of it at all or do you remember it very very fondly and if you were asked to do it again would you uh, both I tired of it um, only because it was taxing mm-hmm. uh, but I was I was younger and and I wouldn't do it again because I'm too old now <laughs> but uh, but I still get asked to perform the songs whenever I'm doing gigs or, or, or functions and stuff which I'm more than happy to do I'm, I'm so happy to, to play them and uh, because it was a it was a huge uh, legacy in my in, in in my existence and and they're great songs mm. as recently as a few weeks ago I did a I did a concert and and yep hold out the guitar and did, and did somebody's songs because people always want me to yeah. and I'm quite happy to it was a tremendous uh, part of part of my life, and I got to see so much of the world. I got to, I earned some very nice money playing it. I, I got to work with some extraordinary people. I got to meet extraordinary people, and, and it was. But but you know, it's one of those things where you have to, you want to make sure that you that you're doing it justice. And I remember when I was in Australia, I'd just come off a long run of it, and and the producers wanted someone who knew the role. They had a fully Australian cast, and they said, well, let's get someone who knows it. So they phoned the UK, and the guy said, well, we got Craig Abadi. So I went out and I said, I'll just do Sydney. And as we got towards the end of Sydney, the producer said, I need you to do Melbourne, do Melbourne. And I said to him, no, no, no. Um, I'm, and he, he upped the money. And I said, no, no, I'm not negotiating with you. I actually can't do it anymore. I'm starting to feel like I'm pulling against it and not, and not in the right direction. And he upped the money. And then I said, I said, no, no, really. And he upped the money. So eventually I said, how much? Okay, I'll do Melbourne. But no more. Anyway, I did Melbourne, Brisbane, Canberra, Singapore. And eventually I was out there for a, for a year. And, and after that, I, I, I remember thinking, wow, I'm... I'm buddied out, uh, <laughs> but um, you know you have to learn to take a rest, not not quit. There's, yeah, there's that's a difference. True. That's know. true. But um, what sort of age, Craig? We're not trying to find out your age, but when you started, buddy, what sort of age were you? When I when I first started, I was two years older than he was when he died. But he died at 22, mm-hmm. and I was uh, twenty. I turned 24 right at the beginning of of, of buddy. I actually, remember. Uh, on my birthday, playing to 17 people in the audience in, at, 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 at the <laughs> Joburg Theatre because it hadn't taken off. Yeah. And again, there was also another phenomenon. There, you know, we started out like some shows do with battling to sell tickets, and, and then towards the end, we had ticket touts, which you don't, yes. which I don't think we've had very, very often in South Africa. You get that in the on the West End and Broadway, and we were packed, and people were coming back for the fifth, sixth, even more um, time to to watch to watch the show. And uh, and then I, I think the last time I did it, I was around 32 years old. I think that was when I did it in Australia. So I was sort of pushing it then because there's an opening line, just 19 years of age and so much talent. So you have to be able to pull that off. So that's why I said I don't think at 48 uh, I, oh, I could play, you I age could away. play Buddy. But, uh, 
Um, but yeah, it was it was a tremendous role, tremendous show. Now I want to talk about Frank. But first of all, what's your first piece of music, Craig? My first piece is a classic. I think originally Nina Simone did "Feeling Good," which and I, I love her version. But um, this version by Michael Bublé is very very close to my heart. I love the song. I love the sentiment of the song. I love the arrangement of this song. Um, and I just love um, what what Bublé did with it and. I've sung it so many times, uh, so it's, it's become one of my, it's, it's in my arsenal for all my corporate gigs and things like that. It's <laughs> feeling okay. good, Michael Bublé's version. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by You know how I feel It's a new dawn It's a new day It's a new life For me And I'm feeling Good I'm feeling good Fish in the sea You know how I feel River running free You know how I feel Blossom on a tree You know how I feel It's a new dawn It's a new day it's a new life for me And I'm feeling good Dragonfly out in the sun You know what I mean, don't you know? Butterflies all having fun You know what I mean Sleep in peace when day is done that's what I mean And this old world is a new world And a bold world for me For me Sands of the pines, you know how I feel. Oh, freedom is mine, and I know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life. It's a new dawn. Good. I'm 
so good Well, that lovely voice of Michael Bublé there, the song was called Feeling Good, the first choice of my guest on People of Note here on Fine Music Radio this week, Craig Obani, who's in town to play Frankenfurter in the Peter Turin production of the Rocky Horror Show on here at the Artscape Opera House. I see, before we start talking about Frank, Craig, that you also, I mean, you've done other iconic roles. You've done Billy Flynn in Chicago relatively recently, recently. Danny Zuko in Greece. You've even done Captain Von Trapp in The mm. Sound of Music. Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> Did you? I loved it. Now, it was... I would have thought even now you'd be too young for that. Um, thank you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, I think they, they, they have begun casting him a little younger because I, I also had a sort of older image in my head. But uh, but I, I really enjoyed that show. I, I kind of, I think for me personally, I felt like I was in a real old style musical, yes. which I was, you know, it's Rogers yeah. and Hammerstein musical. And, and a great one at that. It's such a great yeah. uh, piece. And I did it with lovely Linnell Kennard, who's a, who's a homegrown Cape Town. And this was pre- I hadn't seen her in West Side Story, oh, so yes. she had done. They had done the first production here, and actually we were doing the show together at the Natal Playhouse, and I was loving her. She was the most consistent, beautiful Maria, and and I really enjoyed the kids and the whole story and 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 being in this classic, and then she came to me one day and said to me, "Oh, they're doing West Side Story again, and we're looking for a Lieutenant Shrank." Do you want to be in it? And I remember just hearing such glowing reviews and, and everything. I said, I'd be honored to be a part of that production, which I then did. I did in Job, Johannesburg and the, yeah, second, the third Trump. run here, the second one in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. I played Lieutenant Schrank in that. So, yes, um, Von Trapp was wonderful. I loved I loved playing that. And recently just came off Chicago, which was another, another dream role of mine that I had done 11 years ago. Um, but I was not in the in the best frame of mind then. I think I was, I was suffering with anxiety and drinking too much, and yeah, I was kind of on a bit of a downward spiral. So it was, and I actually was doing Rock of Ages with Claire Taylor, who I think most recently was here with Matilda. Mm, that's right. And she said to me, Craig, what do you want? What roles do you still want to play? And it was at the end of 2017. And I said to her, I really want to revisit Billy, and I would love to play Frank. And the universe gifted me both these opportunities so I've just come back from the um, we, we did uh, Chicago here opened here uh, at, at Artscape then Johannesburg and then we went to Germany and Austria gosh and I came back in September wow um, yeah which is very recent which is recent yeah. and you mentioned a spiral uh, I'm right at thinking saying that you you're a whole new person now aren't you you had a big kind of setback and then You've basically pulled yourself together rather spectacularly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it was kind of. I would like to take more credit for it and say I saw the light and 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 I made all the all the decisions. But a lot of it was uh, was sort of thrust upon me, and I was given little choice. And I was becoming unwell. Um, uh, my health was suffering, and I sort of realized. And I still, to this day, I have have, have realizations and sort of flashbacks of moments and times in my life where I think, wow, had it not been for um, intervention from from friends, my mother. Um, various counselors and rehabilitation centers that I, I probably wouldn't be around. So it, yeah. it was, it was, you know, at the risk of sounding dramatic, it was quite bad. And mm-hmm. I was really not, I was heading one, one way. And, and, and so it's been a period, a, a sort of process of pulling myself further and further out of the darkness, if you want, o- over the last five years. And I'm in a wonderful place now. I'm in the healthiest I've been. I'm in the best shape I've been. 
I'm a lot more open to suggestions and ideas. I, I, I've, you know, I go to meetings. I, I, I've assisted people in getting into, uh, to getting help. You know, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of what, a lot, a lot of the horrors of, of uh, substance abuse. You know, I, I was never one to, to dabble in drugs, but I drank. I drank a lot mm-hmm. of alcohol, mm-hmm. and it's like being freed from a prison, really. And Gosh. and so I'm very grateful, and. You know, you it, it says in the in the program that you get gifts of recovery, and I, and I honestly believe that this conversation I had with with Claire was a, a prime example gift, of that. Yeah. That she said, yeah. "What do you want to do?" I said, "Well, I would love to revisit that, uh, Billy, and I would love to have a this is my dream role, and I'm sitting here talking to you with one in the bag and and, and rehearsing the other one. So the other one, yes, I'm extremely grateful because we're recording this interview during rehearsals yes. in one of the rehearsal rooms here, and I gather. Because I also spoke to the director, Chris Luscombe, that your day is actually quite long and you've got to be physically fit to do this, don't you? I think he said yes. you start at 10 and you go right through till 6. Yes, and I, I was, um, because Frank enters sort of 20 minutes into the show, I had the first few days off and I was thinking, gosh, I want to get going, I want to get going. And now I would, I would love to have an afternoon off because I'm in the hills and I'm, and I'm strutting around and, and, and doing it. And it's yes, it's, it's, it's tiring, it's taxing, but it's challenging, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Do you have to wear the hills at the rehearsal? Well, it's sort of advised to at mm. least for a portion of it uh, because we want to get comfortable. We yeah. want to get used to it. You don't want to surprise the body in tech week and yes. suddenly realize you've, you know, yeah, you've, yeah. you've got problems. And, 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 and they've had shoes especially made, which, um, which I, I'm, I've got rehearsal heels, which I, I'm wearing. And, but then I fitted my shoes yesterday and they feel very comfortable. So I'm hoping that that's a, a sign of things to come. <laughs> but they're quite high heels. They're, high, from yeah, the film. they're, they're high. And, and I'm a tall man. So yes. when, I, when I put them on, um, it's a bit like when you put on roller skates. You feel like you've, you're so much taller. <laughs> Meantime, you've only gone up uh, five or six inches. But these are these are. Uh, Have um, you worn high heels before? Only, on stage? only when I played Rocky and Brad, because uh, he does. They, they, they both the do end, in the floor show. Right, that's right. Um, but yeah, never to this extent, and, and, and never, <laughs> never once as clunky as this. But it's yeah, it's 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 wonderful. It's part of the process. And Christopher Luscombe has got a wonderful. I, I really like their their production. Mm-hmm. I think they they. They're making some changes while staying true to what the people are expecting, to what the fans want, to what Richard O'Brien wanted. Um, yeah, yeah. That's so, he, yeah. yeah. Well, let's have another piece of music, Craig, before we... I'm, I want to get into the secret of Frankfurt with you. Yes. Let's have another okay. piece of music. Well, um, I, th- I thought I would, uh, I would do this one from The Greatest Showman. Um, when Michael Bublé came on the scene, he sort of gave men like me with baritone voices, sort of lower voices... A resurgence in 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 our, in our corporate career because suddenly he was doing all these popular songs and beautiful versions of these songs and they were in a key that I could sing in, so I was so grateful that he came along and and, and I still am, um, and the same thing goes for the Greatest Showman, which is another thing I'm going to put out into the universe. Uh, I, I love this this movie. There's so much talk of it being turned into a stage show, and I would love to to get a chance to pull out my my Hugh Jackman, and 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 play this and play this role if 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 ever it does become a, a stage show. But in the meantime, I just think. This is um, one of the most beautiful songs from it called A Million Dreams. I close my eyes and I can see A world that's waiting up for me That I call my own Through the dark, through the door, through where no one's been before, but it feels like home. They 
can say, they can say it all sounds crazy. They can say, they can say I've lost my mind. I don't care, I don't care, so call me crazy. We can live in a world that we song a million dreams from the greatest showman another choice the second choice of my guest 
on People of Note this week, Craig Urbani, who's in town to play Frankenfurter in the production of the Rocky Horror Show, directed by Christopher Luscombe, and is on here at the Artscape Opera House through the festive season. What a nice place to be, Craig, incidentally, through December, because I know you're based in Johannesburg, aren't you? I could think of a few better places to be, actually, um, and I'm, I'm hoping to get some family down and uh, sort of have a, a bit of a Christmas celebration here. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. When I saw that we would be here over this period, I thought, wonderful. Do you have family in Johannesburg? Yes. I mean, most of my family's there. I've got a brother and sister in the UK. My daughter's there, uh, Jenna, who's 12 years old. And she will she will be coming out soon. She's very very excited about this one. She keeps saying, "Dad, I can't wait to see you in this." And I haven't fully explained the whole story to her. Obviously, it's a little saucy for mm-hmm. for a twelve year old. But um, she will come and she will she will see it. She she watched Rock of Ages when when I did it, which has also had had some adult material in. But again, uh, not not too bad. Um, and you know, the kids these days they they tend to know a lot more than than uh, certainly than I did at twelve. But uh, yeah, so so she'll come out, and we're gonna we're gonna have a wonderful Christmas period. Yeah, my sister's coming from the UK. Oh, that's great! Craig. So that's it's excellent. it's a wonderful place to be. So now I want to find out how you got this role. First of all, why you wanted it, and secondly, how you got it, and thirdly, when I heard you were doing it, I thought, no, surely not Craig O'Barney as Frankenfurter. He's one of the straightest people on stage these days. But then Tim Curry was an example, wasn't he, of not camping it up. Well, this is the, you know, the trick with this is, and I mean, not to take away from any other wonderful performances, uh, he's not a drag queen mm. and it's not all camp. In fact, a lot of it is very butch, very masculine. And it's that, it's that trick of appealing to both men and women. You have to kind of be, if you get it right, I believe you, 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 they, that men and women find you charming, men and women find you appealing. And they almost men and women find themselves quite attracted to you, quite drawn to the mm-hmm. character. So you know, if you're going out there and you're just camping it up, you're going to alienate the women. Uh, and if you're going out there and you're just trying to, you know, be all sort of overly butch with it, you, you're going to alienate members of the audience as well. So it's a it's a fine balance which Christopher Luscombe is really helping me with. I have a lot of Tim Curry in my head. You know, when I played uh, Danny in Greece. Um, I had John Travolta so firmly in my head. I, gr- I grew <laughs> up on these, on these things, and in in a way, I think it's a good thing because if it ain't broke, um, and these people, you know, are, these performances are, are, are iconic. You know, Tim Curry's Frankenfurter. I, I just believe he got such a blend of naughty, nice, uh, sexy, evil, sophisticated. Uh, he, absolutely, yeah. you know. He yeah. and it was never intended to be played sort of hoity-toity and and so as British. But I'm certainly doing that in the room now, and so far, no one's. Um, sort of trying to fight that. But Richard O'Brien actually said, Christopher Luskin was telling us, he wrote it American. It's it's American B-movie uh, characters, you know, um, sci-fi B-movie characters. And Frankenfurt was meant to be American, but in came this man who just he made Richard O'Brien laugh, and he was sort of poncing it up. And, <laughs> and so they, they liked that. And then he just defined it on celluloid, if you like, on film. And so... Um, I think the trick for someone like me now is to steal the bits that you know work to stay true to what the fans are, are kind of expecting because you know the fans are fans of this show. Absolutely. What, of all shows. what they want and still inject a little bit of, of, of Craig O'Barney into it mm-hmm. and, and, and try and make it mine. You know? Now I hope there's Craig O'Barney in it. Yeah. Talking about the accent, I was watching some interviews from the cast of the film Little Nell, the lady who yes. played. She said that she heard Tim Curry tell her that he was upstairs in the bus 
driving through London and he suddenly heard someone speaking then decided on this accent, you know, the sort of rather posh cut Oh, glass. is that another story yeah. about how it... Oh, how he, right. As you say, another story. I'm sure there are many. Yes. Starting to say things like pride instead of proud. Yes, wasn't it wonderful? That's the thing. Yes, he must be very pride of him, Janet. Yes, yeah, yes right. doesn't he? Hospitality. That's right. Yeah. There you go. You know, so, he, sort of, he sort of chewed the words, which, yes. I, which I love. He kind of made a meal of the dialogue, mm-hmm. which I thought was... And now, Nell, little Nell, he didn't have a Columbia in the show, but originally that was meant to be the magenta role. Mm-hmm. But he walked past her on King's Road on the way to the theatre where they rehearsed and, 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 and finally did the three-week run. That's all it was going to be. And eventually he, he liked her so much that he put the tap sequence, because she was a tap dancer, mm-hmm. he put the character and the tap sequence in for her. Yeah, into the time book. It's book. beautiful, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, these, these stories are wonderful. And I'm not sure if uh, back in the day in 1992 when I did it, if they told us all these stories, but I wasn't listening, uh, all, all, <laughs> all 21 years of me. But I'm finding it very interesting now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would love Richard O'Brien to come out and, 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 and see our production. I'm not, I'm not sure if... If he will, you know, he's quite a hermit. He's quite yes, a, I believe so. And he lives in New Zealand now. Yes, and he's. he's um, when I was home. having a chat to Christopher Luscombe, he said something quite interesting. He said that Richard O'Brien had said he was worried about the way the show had become. It had become a bit too sleazy, and people swearing and yelling at the audience. And he wanted to pull it back a bit. And Christopher Luscombe said that's been the best part of working on this particular production for the last thirteen years. Another thing with Frank, you know, as we're saying, some of the pitfalls could be to play him just camp drag queen i believe another one is that this character is given license to break the fourth wall and we know now that it's become a sort of cult uh, musical where people come with their script as well the audience members have their interjections they're going to come dressed up they're going to shout that can detract from the story and detract from it still existing as a piece of theater these are characters and you're telling a story and if that thread and the and the linking is lost because the, the Frankenfurt is indulging too much and adding 15 minutes onto the show. Or the narrator also has that she talks directly to the audience or he talks directly to the audience. Something is lost. And what Richard O'Brien said in one of the interviews I, uh, I saw was he said, if you want to have fun and, and do this show properly, take it seriously. Mm-hmm. So it, there's fun to be had. I mean, it's yeah. Rocky Horror. But yeah. yes, he doesn't want the power to shift from the stage. To the auditorium yes. it must remain on the stage you acknowledge that they're there you acknowledge that they play a part in this you acknowledge that they are a part of this experience but it's it's your show on stage and and you need to keep it there and and i've seen productions where it's missed the mark as a result mm-hmm. of that so although it's encouraged and, and 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 he loves the success of it that's not his favorite aspect yeah. of what Rocky Horror Well, talking become. about, I saw an interview with Richard O'Brien where he said the film is okay to go along and do all those things because it's exact timing every night. every night. Yes. But if you're doing that in the audience, as you say, it can slow down the action. It can and it will never, it makes it, it, it takes your control away because you, it's, it'll never be the same two yeah. nights in a row yeah. because you're never going to have the same audience. Right? Yes, so, exactly. so in terms of that, you tend to lose the control from the stage. And, and an audience doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. They've come to see performers... You must be in control. That yes, control. You yeah. must be in control. Within the fun. You know. Yeah. Okay, Craig, what's your next piece of music? Next, uh, what did I choose? I chose, we, I chose Josh Groban's uh, version. I mean, I love Bright Blue's version of this uh, song, a um, proud, proud South African band. Um, I just thought more appropriate a bit of Josh Groban because of the station I'm on. Oh, yes. And, and he, <laughs> he did this with Lady Smith, Black Mambazo, and, I, and such a beautiful song, and, and certainly one of our anthems of. Uh, of South Africa way back when and a song that is still the test of time and uh, obviously because Josh Groban decided to record this a few years back I love this version of Bright Blues Weeping by Josh Groban 
man who lived in fear. It was huge, it was angry, it was drawing near. Behind his house, a secret place was the shadow of a demon he could never face. He built a wall of steel and flame, and man with guns to keep it tame. And standing back, he made it plain that the nightmare would never ever rise again. But the fear and the fire and the guns remain. It's over anyhow. He tells the world that it's sleeping. But as the night came round, I heard it slowly sound. It was roaring. It was weeping. It was roaring. It was weeping.
Josh Groban there. The song yeah. is called Weeping, and it was the choice, uh, the third choice of my guest, Craig Urbani, on People of Note with me this week here on Fine Music Radio. Craig is in the midst of rehearsals as we record this interview for the Rocky Horror Show. Then it opens at Artscape for Christmas and New Year. A lovely experience, I think, to go to the theatre and see this. And... Um, what I was going to ask you again about the role of Frankenfurter, he has all the iconic songs as well, the Sweet Transvestite, for example, which, by the way, must be a great moment for you. Didn't you always wish you could sing the Sweet Transvestite? Yeah, well, I mean, you said earlier, why, you know, why this role? Uh, from, the, from the moment I was sitting in that rehearsal room at, at 21 years old and I watched Jeremy Crutchley, who I adore, and he, he was he's such a great actor. So I watched an actor um, approach this this i mean it's it as i say it comes in 20 minutes in they're waiting for it it's such a famous entrance yeah the big cloak you know that's just the head with that sort of dracula collar <laughs> behind and he's sort of ominous and then it's and then the reveal where he shows brad and janet what he's wearing which is you know fishnets a corset and it's just it, it's just so much fun and so much to to play with and 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 when the opening of the song is just that sort of vamp that Yes, yes. And everyone's getting ready. I think the only downside that is that I'm not part of the Time Warp, which is also an iconic song from from the show. But Sweet Transvestite, I, I don't think you can ask for a better entrance. Than it that. is. It's a fantastic And, and it's written so beautifully because he literally does the number and leaves. Yes. That's it. Yes. And so the audience is sort of left with, what was that? You mm. know? And hopefully it's going to be done right it'll, and it'll hit them hard and, and give them all the feelings we want them to get. And then and then he's off. The next time you see him is. He's in the lab. That's right. <laughs> With a slap. Did you, can you remember seeing the film, the first time you saw the film? Absolutely. Which presumably was long before you played Rocky. Yes, I saw, I saw the film when I was way too young to know what, what was happening. And I remember just loving the music. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I think I watched it on a projector, actually. I think it was, my dad used to, you know, set it up and we'd take the picture off the wall and we'd, and we'd do it. It's, it's how I used to watch um, uh, mash and 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 things like and faulty towers. Back, That's right. Back in the day, these were all the you know you, you used to get a short before the movie. That's right. So That's we used right. to watch mash and uh, and I remember seeing things like Spartacus on on that and uh, on the wall without picture on 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 the wall without the picture. And I remember because we had the little picture, you know, the the hook in the middle of was the in picture. the middle of all my all my uh, movies that I saw as a child. But I remember it well. And then I obviously watched it subsequently um, many times over the years. And 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 every time I'm just kind of. Uh, Amazed and, and surprised by the absurdity of it, and and if you think about the time when it yes, came out, that's the other thing. And and you know it was banned here to to begin that's with, right. and of course you're yeah, pushing boundaries. I mean Richard O'Brien, I think he was finding it difficult to find his identity, and he managed to sort of put it all down mm. and create this extraordinary piece, which has become such a such a cult. Well, someone was saying to me the other day from the cast uh, from the production that these days, you know the gender thing is suddenly quite up to the fore, the transgender, all those yes, things now yes. are much more open and free. So the show probably doesn't have the same shock value mm. or gasp value as it does. So now yes. you can really enjoy it for what it is. It's music. It's message, really, because it has a message as well. Yes. But how does this... We keep hearing that this is the new production, but at the same time you said you want to keep it for the fans to know what they're coming to. Yes. And it's on a huge stage here at Artscape West. Very often, like at the Victory in Johannesburg, it was small. Intimate, a lot more intimate, yes. This is this Artscape where we see the Phantom of the Opera and Cats yes. and goodness yes. as well. How would you say it's changed without giving too much away? I'll tell you how it's new. It's new in that it's gone back to the old. 
Ah, that's, okay. That's what okay. they've done. I think over the years, um, it's deviated so far from what was originally it was originally intended to be, and 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 what Christopher Luscombe has done, working with Richard O'Brien and the cast that have been doing it for for the last sort of six seven years, is they've gone back to 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 getting the messages and the themes and the flavor and the feel across of what it was originally and and taking that control and 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 power back i think for many years it was just seen as a huge party when you go to the theater it still has to be a show it still has to be a story you still have to buy into the characters have empathy and identify with aspects of the characters or it just becomes a glorified uh, rock concert you mm. know mm. so it's new it's new in that it's gone back to the intended feel. Yeah. And so I think fans of the movie and fans of the show and fans of the soundtrack are certainly going to love this production. It also motors along with some pace. There's not a lot of overindulgence. We tell the story. We, we don't ram it down the throats. Look at us. We're being sexy. Look at us. We're being saucy. Look at us. We're being funny. We do it. It's got subtlety to it. It's got a charm to it. And it, and it moves. Yeah. Uh, rather leave an audience... You know, with a show like this that we know so well, we can carry on living it after. But you don't have to feed it to us, spoon feed it to us, mm-hmm. and, 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 and make us spend more time. Apparently it's quite it. physical, this production is, is quite yes. physical the as well. the choreography is wonderful. Mm-hmm. So they've got, uh, we've got part of the creative team out from the UK who's working with, with our guys. Our Rocky is, I mean, I didn't do it when I played Rocky. I stood there flexing muscles but he's flicking and flacking and, and he's upside down more than he's on his feet you know and and extraordinary that we have a, a, a talent like jared Nerdon who can do it he's really like a gymnast mm-hmm. uh with a, he's a beautiful looking young man and he's got a fantastic body and, and he can sing and he can dance and he can do all these other tricks so it was almost like well show us what you can do and we'll put it in you yeah know? oh right so so it, yeah it's visually spectacular the, the choreography is great it's got it's high energy mm-hmm. and as i say it moves it's got a lovely pace to it yeah. uh, which i think is great and people like the narrator what how do you feel with a narrator who's a woman kate normington whom we all know oh, and i mean i can't door. wait to see yeah. her i think with a narrator because you, this is the character that certainly she breaks the fourth wall she talks directly to the audience which gives them an opportunity to talk directly back to her you need someone who who has incredible comic ability and we have that in kate normington um you need someone who knows the piece well and we have that in kate um someone with experience we have that and if she's a very funny human being and 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 just sitting around the table reading i mean every time she starts doing one of her links she's just <laughs> she's quite extraordinary she, she really is a funny funny is she hu- using a voice similar to that is she using yes, a kind and, of and you know the, because the narrator's got this sort of the, the authoritative figure yeah in the midst of so, so you sort of look right and there's the chaos happening and there's and there's frankenfurter sharing beds with brad <laughs> and janet cut to the narrator who will give you an explanation of to what you just saw and why it's okay and 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 therein lies a lot of comedy and, and irony and humor yeah. and a few people can do it better than kate and it used to be you know originally it was it was uh, played by by a man but over uh, over the years this has changed, and this is one of the aspects that they're embracing now. And apparently Richard O'Brien quite likes the idea of a, of a female narrator. And, and I think Richard O'Brien likes the idea of someone who works. It, it mm. doesn't matter if you're mm. male, female, black, white, young, old, if you're telling the story the way and, and it's paying homage to the piece and adding to the experience, then you're right you're to play the narrator. Yeah. Your next piece of music, Craig, number four. I wanted to get this man in who, who I don't know if he belongs on your radio station, but um, this song is by Robbie Williams. It's called Eternity. Beautiful. Uh, one of his lesser known songs. Um, I'm a huge fan of this man. I, uh, I met his father. I sang with his dad in the UK. 
um, when I was doing Greece in Stoke and I love him. I think I identify with him. He's like a wounded, a bit of a wounded animal. He's also had his his uh, dark periods in his life, and I just I've always um, loved his music. And I'm 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 a sad fan of this of this man. And I thought if I was going to choose anything, Eternity would be would be a good one. So this is Robbie Williams, the bad boy of pop, and this <laughs> song's called Eternity. So you don't feel them They don't need to see you cry I can't promise I will heal you But if you want to I will try I'll sing this summer serenade The past is done, we've been betrayed it's true Someone said the truth will out I believe without a doubt In you You were there for summer dreaming And you gave me what I For eternity Yesterday when you were walking You talked about your mom and dad what they did that made you happy What they did that made you sad We sat and watched the sun go down Picked a star before we lost the moon Youth is wasted on the young Before you know it's come and gone too soon You were there for summer dreaming And you gave me what I need And I hope you'll find your freedom For eternity
Robbie Williams and the song was called Eternity. So, Craig Urbani, my guest, we're talking about the Rocky Horror Show, but you know what I was thinking, Craig? Um, people know you as well from television. You did, a, I think, a quiz show of some kind. You were in Scandal. I've done a few things on, on TV. I did Isidingo uh, back in the day for five or six years. I'm on Scandal at the moment. So I, it's, it's quite nice because I've got a character that kind of comes and goes. And I'm not sure if they're working around me and, and, and sort of allowing me to go and do my theatre or, or if they just don't want me around that much. But it's working beautifully at the moment because whenever there's a sort of break, like I, I film now between Chicago and coming to Cape Town, I had a, a, a storyline, an arc, as they call it. So that was fantastic. What's and the character's name? Damon Bradbury. Oh, he's, right. uh, he's Layla, who's played by Natasha Sutherland's uh, brother. Yeah, it's, it's it's wonderful. I I enjoy the the different energy and focus of TV. I've done a I've had the pleasure of working on two internationals last year in Cape Town at the film studios. Um, both times had had a bit of dialogue and a bit of acting, and then got killed quite brutally, which is always fun. Always fun. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and I got to work with some amazing overseas people. Edgar Ramirez uh, was 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 the actor I had to fight and get killed by. So that was a real privilege. Um, That's a strange thing to say, isn't yeah. it? When you hear and I do, like I, I do enjoy <laughs> the, the, the TV and film. I'm still learning a lot there. I mean, I'm still learning a lot everywhere, but I think stage is, is the home. Mm-hmm. I think it's where I feel most. So most since this was a role that you really dreamt of, your two dream roles, the one in Chicago and this one, is there a third dream role lurking? Uh, I know you mentioned... Greatest Roman would be Sherman, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Should, it, should it come? Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. It's, uh, of course, so nice for me to... To put myself in the in the shoes of being able to play these roles whilst Jonathan Rocksmith is out of the country <laughs> playing Phantom, but when he's back, you know the wonderful talent that he is, um, I would certainly choose him <laughs> for okay. a lot of the roles. But I've uh, I don't know I think I think I'm better suited to comedy lighter stuff um, and musicals. And I think musicals. I mean I've never considered myself a tremendous singer, but I um, my mother always said to me, "You're you're a package deal, Craig. You know you can do a little bit of everything, and it's and it, and it kind of works." <laughs> Um, I think it's sort of jack of all master of none. <laughs> yeah. Look at you. Okay, well, we've got to end now. And oh, um, I'm hoping everyone listening to this is going to go rushing along to see you because it sounds absolutely fantastic. At the moment, I haven't seen it because you're still in rehearsal. Yes. But I shall be there. Seeing you in fishnet stockings and high heels is going to be... It's worth a trip in itself. Something, <laughs> something to get used to, I'm sure. <laughs> but you look as though you're thoroughly enjoying yourself as well. Craig. Having a blast, having a blast. What's your last piece of music? Uh, time to say goodbye, which oh, is what I'm uh, appropriate, yes. yes. And and also because I just quite simply, I, I, I'm not sure which version you're playing, but uh, I saw Andre Bocelli at, at, at the Dome. I just, uh, he blew my mind. He's such dignity, such presence, such power, such a star. Um, and I think he, he's done this with so many ladies. But uh, but uh, thank you so much for having me. And I'll say goodbye with this beautiful piece of music. And we'll have Andre sing it for you. How about that? Awesome. Thank you. Craig Obani, thanks very much. Mm-hmm.
People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions. It's astounding. It's bigger, steamier, and more outrageous than ever. It's the most anticipated.
anticipated musical show of the year. Peter Tureen and Howard Panta present Richard O'Brien's legendary smash hit, The Rocky Horror Show. Get your thrill on with this spectacular cast, including Craig Urbani as Frankenfurter. Do the Time Warp at Artscape Cape Town, December 6th to January 12th. Time is fleeting. Book now.